Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Koop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. Well, we are in the throes of the 100th anniversary of Father's Day. I don't know if you knew that, but this is actually the 100th anniversary of Father's Day. Uh, started 1910, not too far from here, on the other side of the border here in Spokane. There was a young girl whose mother had passed away. She had five siblings. And uh, she said, you know, we have Mother's Day. Why don't we have Father's Day? And so she went to her church, went to some other churches and said, we need to be celebrating Father's Day. And because my dad was amazing as a single dad, he raised me. And I think we need to commemorate fathers. And so that's where we got Father's Day, 100 years ago today. So it's kind of a big Father's Day to do that. We're going to talk about wisdom for dads this morning. We've been on a series on wisdom. Today's wisdom for fathers. Now, if you're not a A dad today, you don't have to check out and say, well, I'll just be on my Blackberry for the next 30 minutes. I'll tune in when it's over. Actually, there's stuff for everybody this morning. It could be for an uncle. You could be a big brother, or you could be just a friend, or maybe you help serve somewhere else. But hopefully, this is good stuff that we can all use. If nothing else, we store up knowledge for another time, and we can use it and apply it somewhere else in our life. Wisdom for dads. Uh, There was a story that came out not too long ago. From 60 Minutes, a newscast, they had a story that was called Fathers Crucial to Society. It wasn't about humans, actually about elephants. They covered this story in South Africa where one of the game reserves had too many elephants. They were overrun with elephants, so they had to thin the herd. And what they did is they took the mother elephants and the baby elephants and they moved them to another part of Africa and they let them go in this new reserve. Well... It didn't take long as these baby elephants grew up that they became killers. They began killing other animals, unusually so, on the game reserve. And one animal in particular that they were afraid of these elephants wiping out was the rare white uh, rhinoceros. Uh, and they thought, we've got to do something about this because if we keep this up, we're going to lose them because these new elephants, these young elephants are coming up, they're, they're coming up as killers And so they tried different things to curb these elephants' behavior, but nothing was working. So finally they said, you know what, let's go back and get the bull elephants and bring them in here and see what happens. It was expensive, but they brought bull elephants and put them back on the reserve. And sure enough, no more dead white rhinoceroses. It was changed their entire behavior. And as they watched this, they realized that these fathers in the elephant community were huge in seeing these baby elephants raised up to have the proper boundaries and proper behavior. And at the end of it, they came to the conclusion that not only are fathers needed in elephant society, fathers are really important in society, period. And, of course, that's true, that fathers are important. Here's some stats for you really quickly. 97% of runaway children come from homes without a father. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 63% of suicides, no dad, or no dad present. 85% of young people that are in prison come from a fatherless home. And this one's surprising, maybe not surprising, but it's sad. 80% of rapists didn't have a father figure in their life. So fathers are crucial for our society today. And as much as they had to go and get the bull elephants and bring them back into that game reserve, I think we need to bring fatherhood back to a greater level of importance in our society today. And it's a, there's an article in the National Post today about fathers being in danger. They're, they're on the, 
They could go extinct if we don't do something about it. So we need to have fathers in our world today. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to use the game of golf as a parallel between fathering. And at some points it might be a bit of a stretch, but bear with me. The idea is that we try to have something to remember this special 100th anniversary Father's Day today. Uh, there's a verse, Proverbs 22, verse 6, it's in your notes. Teach your children to choose the right path. And let's take the liberty of saying, teach your children to choose the right fairway, the right path. And when they're older, they'll remain upon it. So fathering is a lot about teaching, about training, and children to be on the right path. I think Jesus would have used golf as a parable for today. He used the, the things of the day to teach a lesson. The psalmist in Psalm 127, 3 and 4 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. Would you agree with that? The children are a gift from the Lord. They're not our chattel property that we get to do whatever we want with. They're a gift from the Lord. We steward them, and we have the privilege of raising them. They're an inheritance from the Lord. It says they are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are... Now watch this. They're like sharp arrows in a warrior's hands. Well, if I was in Mongolia, it would be great to have a bow and arrow and and use that example because that's one of Mongolia's favorite sports is archery. But most of us aren't very good at archery. We don't know much about it. But we've all driven past a golf course. We have somebody in our family. If we don't golf, we know somebody who does. And we watch it more on TV. So this morning, instead of talking about an arrow hitting the target, we're going to talk about a a golf ball hitting the target. And so would you uh, stick with me this morning as we go through that? The first point is this. Children are a gift from the Lord. Fathers have the responsibility that like a golf ball or an arrow, they help their children hit the purpose for which God created them. In every child... There's a gift, there's a calling, there's a destiny, there's a purpose. They, they've, been, they've been given this by God. It may be a musical gift. They may be called to be an engineer. They may be called to be a police officer. They may be called to be a pastor. They might be called to be a teacher in a school. Or maybe they're called into some other field. And as parents, it's our role to see what is that gift, to pray and, and to discover that. And then to nurture that gift and to encourage that gift down the fairway of life. And so that they get on the green and they hit the target with their life. When the psalmist talked about this, when he said about building the home, that the, unless the Lord builds a home, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain. And our role as fathers, as our role as mothers, our role as parents is to help children be raised up in an atmosphere where they can discover God, but they can also discover what they're called to do. And that we w- walk with them through life and we encourage them along the fairway of life so they can hit the target for their life. The second point is this, before a man can discipline an arrow or a golf ball, he must first discipline himself. It takes a lot of discipline to shoot an arrow and hit the mark. You have to be able to bend the bow back. You have to be able to judge the wind. You have to be able to judge how high to shoot the arrow. You have to be able to judge different factors, how far to pull back the string. And if you do it right, you'll hit the target. Well, it's the same thing in golf. If you want to hit the golf ball and have it go straight and have it go far or have it hit the mark that you wanted to, you first have to discipline yourself. If you're going to be a good golfer, you should probably go to the driving range a few times and and discipline yourself. Just in your stroke alone, the golf stroke, and I'm not a very good one to illustrate this because I golf twice a year whether I need it or not. That's about as much as I get out. But I like it. It's just 
that I often don't have the time to go do it. But it takes a certain amount of discipline to, to hit the ball. You have to think through different things you need to do, how to bend your knees a bit and how to pull the golf club straight back and how to come back down and focus on the ball. Don't take your eyes off the ball. And there's a lot of discipline really that comes into golfing if you want to golf well. If you study a person like Tiger Woods and of course, we know being in the news for different things lately, but he's an amazing golfer. A lot of discipline in his life before that ball goes where he wants it to go. But first, he must discipline himself. And if we want to be good dads, it really starts with us living a life of integrity, that we are who we say we are. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Our children are blessed after we walk in integrity. We don't want to be just silver-plated. We want to be silver through and through. That The way they see us at work, the way they see us with our friends, the way they see us on recreation or, and is the same way they see us at home, that there is an integrity, there is an authenticity in our lives. Which leads me to the next point, that God designed men to be fathers. With practice, we can find our authentic swing. I'll explain authentic swing in just a bit. But first of all, let me say this, that we're designed to be fathers. Every man is or has the potential to be a dad. Not everybody here this morning that's a guy is going to be a father, but we all potentially can be a father. It's in us. It's there. We, we, we're, we're designed by God to be fathers. And one of the greatest joys and privileges we have in life is to be a dad, to be a father. It's there. Sometimes it has to be awoken. Sometimes it has to be stirred up. And a lot of times we don't think much about it until we are a dad. I know that was the case for me. And when I uh, was in the hospital and Cheryl gave birth to our first little girl and they hand me this little girl and asked me to take it to the nursery and she's all bundled up. And they told me, said, Man, when you have your first baby and your children, it's going to be an emotional experience. It's going to be a high like you've never had before. It, you're going to get a flood of emotion. I'm carrying this baby back to the, to the nursery, and it hits me. I'm a dad. Whoa. This kid, whoa. She's dependent upon me. Whoa. I'm just like, it just, I just was woke up to the fact it, it's no longer in the mother's tummy. This baby's in my arms. I have to provide and protect. And, and all of a sudden, this dad woke up inside of me. We're, we, we have a desire to provide. We have a desire to protect. We have a desire to be a father. It's, it's within us. And it's... It needs to be learned, it needs to be studied, it needs to be nurtured, but it's there. We, we wake up to it, and it becomes a part of who we are. It's not like, okay, today I'm in my dad box, and now I'm in my work box, and now I'm in this box. No, father who's who we are. It's, it's part of us. It's, when, you, when you swing your club, they tell you, let that club be part of you. It's part of your arm, and if you do that, it's authentic, it's real, it's so much easier to hit the ball that way, and it's so much easier to do life. And This is who I am. I'm a father. Here's a little clip from a movie called The Legend of Beggar Vance. And Beggar Vance was a caddy, and he taught in the movie a couple of golfers about the authentic swing. And here he's teaching this young boy about the authentic swing. And there's some parallels here to life. I'll let you watch it, and you can, you'll be able to pick them out, the parallels to life and fathering that there is to golf. So watch closely. You'll be able to pick them out. 
He filed it all in his head. It went a little harder. Let's go and do that again. Yeah, but right here is where this game is won. Right here on the green. First you got to see it. Sun gonna be there in the morning. Over there in the afternoon. Funny thing is, the blades of grass gonna follow the sun. The grain is gonna shift. That same putt gonna go one way in the morning to other in the afternoon. One way in the morning to other in the afternoon. You see that? Yeah, golf course put folk through quite a punishment. It lives and breathes just like us. You think Junior can win? Yeah, if he can find his authentic swing. Authentic? Go on, hit one more for me. Yep, inside each and every one of us is one true authentic swing. Something we was born with. Something that's ours and ours alone. Something can't be taught to you or learned. Something that got to be remembered. Well, over time, the world can rob us of that swing and get buried inside us under all our wouldas and couldas and shouldas. Some people forget what they swing was like. Some folk even forget what they swing was like. Who keeps swinging? But I don't have any balls. And don't worry about hitting the ball the way it's gonna go. Just swing the club, feel the club. Don't close your eyes. Close my. And you can't make that ball go in that hole. You have to let it. I want you to feel the club rolling off your feel the weight of the club. Sailing on the perfect line, dropping out that line, soft as butter. Listen to the sounds of the night. Just keep swinging that club to you. Gotta breathe inside the water. Seeing every one of us is one rustling tree to tree, authentic swing. Keep swinging that club to authentic swing. Part of the whole thing. Something we was born with. Take a deep breath. That's a good thing. To the sounds of the night. I don't feel free. Just keep swinging that club to your part of the whole thing. That's a good thing. Can you see it? All right, time to go. Wow. There's a lot of parallels there to fathering and uh, to to golf if you picked it out. One of the things that I took away from there is he says, you can't make the ball go in the hole. You have to let it go. You can't make your child be the greatest pianist or the greatest lawyer or the greatest police officer or whatever. You have to let them. You, you can't force them. There's this gentle encouragement down the pathway of life to let them be what God created them to be. And sometimes you have to watch them get off course for a bit and you have to bring them back on course and it's, it's a challenge, but it's part of who you are, and you have to let that fathering be a part of you. Next point is simply this. 
Every child needs moments of uninterrupted focused attention. Bobby Jones, a great golfer, said, you're swinging your best when you have the fewest things to think about. I swing my best when I have the fewest things to think about, but those are a few and rare occasions when I swing my best. Uh, you can hit the sweet spot on the golf ball. My most challenging shot, and I don't know if you guys find this, but my most challenging shot is the first shot. Uh, when I line up on the first uh, tee shot and uh, friends are watching and some other people are watching and maybe you've been waiting in line to take that shot and you have all these thoughts going through your mind. I'm thinking about what are they going to say when it goes in the woods? What are they going to say if it goes in the water? What are they going to say? I've had shots where I completely missed the ball. That wasn't the practice swing. That was just got up there and flat out missed it. I've had shots where I hit it and it kind of dribbled down to the end of the, you know, and they said, just go pick it up, Dave. Try again. It's okay. And then you really think about it, you know, and, and, uh, and that I've had to step back and say, I'll take another one. I'll play another ball. And, and so, but I have a lot of things on my mind. A couple shots down the road and I'm swinging a lot better because I'm not thinking about those things. To hit a golf ball good, you have to focus on the ball, clear your mind of other thoughts, close down the other files and think, I'm just going to relax, focus on that ball, give it my undivided attention, and then I'm going to pull back nice and easy, focus on it, focus on it, hit the ball. And after I've hit it, then I'll look up and see where it's going. Got to keep your eye on the ball. Now, for children, you don't have to have them, with, with, when hitting the golf ball, I'll focus on it, then I go on, and I stop again. Children need focused attention. We go off to work and off to whatever we're doing. We come back, focused attention. But when we, when we give them our attention, we must give them uninterrupted, focused attention, 100%, not think about this or that. And, okay, sure, I got a few minutes. Quickly, let me do this with you. Let me quickly read you a story or let me quickly go here and watch your game. But really, I'm on my Blackberry, not really watching your game. No, when you're with your kids, in order to be a successful dad, you give them 100% undivided attention and you'll hit the sweet spot. Does that make sense? Number five, a golf ball flies straighter and further when the swing is relaxed. Children respond better to a father when he's filled with gentleness, not tension. Your golf swing is better when you're not tense. If you're all tensed up and knotted up and not relaxed, usually you'll, before you'll hit the golf ball, at least I have to, I got to go take a few practice swings and just try to ease up a bit if i'm tensed and knotted up my hips don't turn the way they're supposed to turn my my the ball doesn't fly the way it should because i'm not coming through properly i'm tensed up and if we don't have gentleness in our life if we're not treating and raising our children with the fruit of the spirit love joy patience long suffering sometimes there's a lot of long suffering involved if, if that is not involved in raising them we're not going to help them down the fairway of life to hit the place where they need to go with their lives number six fathering or fatherhood like golf is a lifelong journey of learning arnold palmer said this golf is deceptively simple and endlessly complicated it satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect it is at the same time rewarding and maddening. That sounds a lot like raising kids. Sounds easy, but it's complicated. Satisfies your soul, but it'll frustrate you. Like, what do I do with this? How do I solve this problem? It's very rewarding, but at the same time, it can be maddening. Sounds a lot like raising children. It's a lifelong journey. Even Tiger Woods, a great golfer, other golfers, Honor Palmer, the rest of them, they're still learning. You never master it completely. You're learning it. 
fathering the same way. You're constantly learning. You learn something about when they're at the baby stage, and you learn something at the toddler stage, and you learn when they're in grade school. You've got to learn again when they're teenagers, and then become parents, and they have kids, and they get married, and you're learning again. You're always learning. You never get it mastered. So fatherhood is a lifelong journey of learning, just like the game of golf. Seven is you have to play where the ball lies, despite the obstacles. In fathering, there's going to be obstacles. So understand your child's world and help them in the next step of life. Now, when I golf, I believe you should get your money's worth. So I, I explore the whole fairway, not just the middle. I believe you should find this side and that side. I think you should explore the water. You should, be in the, you should find out what the, what the sand is like. So I explore the whole thing and get my money's worth. I don't know. I feel for those guys that only see the middle of the course. I like to see the whole course. But in exploring the whole course, my golf ball sometimes lying in the obstacles. It'll be in the rough or it's in the sand and... And, you know, I'm really tempted in golf when nobody's looking just to give that ball a little kick out of the grass, onto the green. And sometimes I've golfed with guys and they say, you know what, it really doesn't matter, Dave. We're just out here for fun. Throw it Because I've been in the, in, the, in the rough for so long. They say, just throw it on the fairway. Take your shot from there. Now, you can do that in the game of golf with some friends. But in the technical game, you're not allowed to do that. And in life... If your child is in an obstacle, you can't just say, oh, you know what, let's just move you over here. You have to help that child over that obstacle where they're at. It might be a bully in school. That's an obstacle. It may be when they've encountered pornography. It may be when they've got three boys asking them out on a date. Or it may be when they feel like I'm not pretty. Or maybe another obstacle in life when they failed a grade or they've had an accident or their health isn't good and they've hit obstacles in their life. But you know what? You can't walk away from fathering and say, oh, they're an obstacle there. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You've got to reach down and say, here's a shot. Here's where it lies. I need to make the shot. I need to get it back in the middle of the fairway. I need to help this child down its path of life towards the goal that God has for it. And that's responsible fathering. Number seven uh, that was number seven. Number, number eight, golf is like fathering. It requires you to slow down and enjoy life. Uh, one of the best things about golf, I don't get out that often, but one of the things I like about it is just getting away from everything, enjoying nature, enjoying the scenery, relaxing, breathing fresh air. It's, and you just kind of, it forces you to slow down a bit. And you just take it one shot at a time and you enjoy it. Fathering, we need to slow down and enjoy it. You know, 100 years ago, parents, dads spent 54% of their time with their children. Today, it's down to 18%. Our time, all the advancements we have in computers and all the rest of it, we're not spending as much time with our kids as we used to. So we've got to say, okay, here I'm on this journey of fathering, raising children. One of the best things we can do is enjoy the journey. Ben Hogan, a great golfer, said this, As you walk down the fairway of life, you must smell the roses for you to get to play one round. Life goes by real quick. One of the best things we can do to be a great father is enjoy the moment. Take a picture of the moment. Enjoy that graduation. Or you enjoy that season where the child is dedicated. Or you enjoy that season where they, they're at their game and they've hit a home run. You just enjoy that season. You speak into their lives. So important to enjoy those seasons. Slow down and enjoy it. We can miss some of the greatest memories of our life because we're 
were too busy doing other things and not focused on just benefiting, encouraging the kids. Number nine, like the game of golf, rhythm and timing are huge in fathering. Bobby Jones said, rhythm and timing are the two things which we all must have, yet no one knows how to teach either. Rhythm and timing. Your golf game is based on rhythm and timing. Not just the rhythm and timing of the golf shot. You have to relax in between the shot. If you get down on the shot, get frustrated about the shot, you usually duff three more. And, you say, and then it can throw off your whole game. So you've got to be able to relax. If you missed a bad shot, you've got to let it go and move on. Or if you get too excited, wow, now I'm number one, you can actually accelerate your heart rate and it can make it worse. So you have to have this rhythm and timing as you walk down the golf course. The shot itself has to have rhythm and timing for it to hit the sweet spot. Dan, you illustrate this really well at the last service, you know, and, and I think you should come up and do that again. Give Dan a big hand. He's going to come up and he's... <laughs> Pastor Dan... You're a much better golfer than I am. So he's going to give an illustration of rhythm and timing. And, and if there was a golf ball teed up, it would be 300 yards for sure through the window down the fairway. <laughs> so tell us about rhythm and timing in, in, your, in your stroke there, Dad. No, you know, okay. Yeah, that was too close, but that was good. <laughs> and the follow-through. Very good. So it's all about... It's all, give that a big ass. It's all about the rhythm. When I had my friend teach me how to golf, he said, David, you know, no, no, relax. Just relax. Take it back slowly. Because I get up there. I'm all about... Just muscle that ball. Man, I'm going to pelt it for all it's worth. Man, you don't have to hit it that hard to go further. Just relax. It's rhythm. It's timing. Ease up. You don't have to kill the ball. The golf club will do the work. You don't have to, oh, the harder I hit it, the further it goes. And I, had a, I know no other guys ever wrestled with that, but I, I did. But you can hit the sweet spot if you just are relaxed and follow through. I think children have a sweet spot. And fathers can hit the sweet spot if we just relax Okay, you've got to get your homework done. Okay, you've got to get this done. Okay, come on, come on, come on. And they're just frozen up. You're not hitting the sweet spot. They're just, they're recoiling. They're like, ooh, when will dad go away? <laughs> yeah. I'm preaching to myself now here. Uh, number two. 10, focus more on loving your family than acquiring status and stuff. Sam Snead, another great golfer, said, nobody asked how you looked, just what you shot. When I finish my game, they never say, hey, Dave, how are you looking out there? They never look at my shoes. They don't look at what pants I'm wearing or anything. They just say, what did you shoot? I usually don't want to answer that question, but they ask me what I shot. And in life, it's not like, how much stuff did you get? Where do you live? How big's your boat? Or it's... Really, at the end of the day, it's how are the kids? If a child becomes a great whatever, they do great in their life, they hit the bullseye, they hit the target, they get on the green, so to speak, that didn't just happen. That's not an accident. That's not some haphazard fluke that the child turned out well. 
some parent, some uncle, some grandparent, some coach, somebody did something right to train the child in the way they should go on the right path. And we're saying today as fathers, we, we want to do that. We want to focus on them more than focusing on things. We need to say it somewhere. It doesn't get said often in the media. It's not being said in the theater. It's not being often said in the papers. And, but it needs to be said in the church that fathering, raising kids God's way, is important to God and it's important to society. Number 12, in golf, there's a variety of clubs. We've got a whole case full of clubs here. And, you know, you've got this Big Bertha. Not a Big Bertha. It's, it's the tailor-made 580XD. That's what it is. But it's your, it's your one wood. And... Uh, so you start off with this, but you don't putt with this thing. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> you, you, you take out your putter for the shot on the green. You, you know, you have a, a sand wedge to get out of the sand. You, you've got, you know, uh, different irons and different woods. You play different clubs along the fairway, right? That's one of the first things you learn in golf is you can't, you got to use the right club. And you think, okay, how far is the distance? And, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll oh, how much wind do I have? And, They'll even ask the caddy, you know, which club do you think? And it's a big part of the decision, which club to use in order to get the ball down the fairway. And in life, you, you don't always use the same approach with your children. You use a different approach when they're a teenager than when they're a toddler. You have to use different approaches for different situations in life. But the whole purpose is to help that individual make it down the fairway, the path of life, to hit the goal that God has for them. Here's a couple different approaches we put in the notes for you. There's a prayer approach. This is a great shot to play all the time, really. 1 Samuel 12, 23 says, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Dad's one of the greatest things we can do is be praying for our children. It's not just mom's job to pray for the children. It's all of our job to pray for our kids. Intercede for them. Pray for them. Get behind them. Your child comes home and says, Dad, I was bullied today. Some kid beat me up on the parking lot. You know what I want to do as a dad? Let me show me, show me where that kid is. <laughs> we'll straighten him out right now. That's, that's my reaction. I want to do that. But that's not the first shot that I should be praying, playing. The first thing I need to be doing is praying. I don't wrestle flesh and blood. The powers of darkness. I need to get on my knees in my prayer closet. And I need to be praying and saying, in the name of Jesus... I break the power of this spirit that's harassing my child in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would protect them. I pray, Father, that you would surround them with your guarding angels. I pray you give my son and my daughter the strength to rise up, to be strong, to be valiant, and I begin to pray for them. First thing, one of the first things I should be doing is praying for them. Of course you take a stand. Of course you protect your child. Of course you help lead them and guide them how to react in those situations. But prayer... One of the first things we should be doing. Another approach is the encouragement approach. You know, when we're encouraged by our fathers, listen, dads, your words, they will keep. They will treasure. They'll write them down. If you write a note, they'll tuck it in their little box. They'll put it in their Bible. They'll put it in a secret place. They'll, they'll hang on to your words. Think of our Lord when he was water baptized. 
God the Father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was about to start his ministry. He was going down the fair way of life, our Lord's ministry. He needed God the Father to say, this is my beloved son. I'm so pleased in him. If Jesus needed those words of encouragement from the heavenly Father, how much more do we need it from our dads to say, well done, I'm behind you. That'll get the ball down the field. That'll make it go further down the fairway, words of encouragement. That's a great shot to play. There's always a good lie that comes out of that, a good, good location. Listening approach. This is another great club to pull out of the bag, a listening approach. Sometimes we're too slow to listen to our children. Man, I've made that mistake way too many times. I hate it when I make that mistake. Before they even have a chance to finish, I'm already saying, well, here's what you need to do. Do this, this, and this. And but dad, you didn't even listen. If I would just shut up, listen for about 10 minutes, I could really understand their world. To be a good golfer, you got to understand the lie. You got to understand the field. You got to understand the greens. You got to understand where you're golfing. To be a good father, you got to understand their world. It takes some time, it takes some patience. Tell me about your world. What's it like in your school? Go to their lockers. What's it like in their hallways? What's it like in their world? Explore their world and then listen to them. Say, what's going on in your world? And it's rhythm and timing here because they'll speak to you when you're not ready. They'll speak on the way home when you want to do something else. They'll be at nighttime, you're about to put them to bed and they want to talk. At those moments, you have to seize it. Okay, tell me, what's it like? Listen to the world. Hear them. Listen. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and should not get angry easily. This is a good club to play for dads. There's a discipline approach. Proverbs 19.18, discipline your children while there's hope. If you don't, you'll ruin their lives. They won't get on the green. Set boundaries, encourage them. It takes work, it takes effort, but set the boundaries for their life. A fun approach. That's another club you've got to pull out your bag. You, gotta, you have to make it fun. A cheerful heart is good medicine, not just for you, but for them. What do you do to make it fun for your kids? Make memories. Make it, make it a great pleasure to grow up in that home. Have some laughs. Think about it. Plan it out. Holidays, so forth. A great one to play. Helps the ball get down the field. Coaching approach. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7, teaching your children with all care, talking to them when they're at rest in your house, walking by the way, when they go to sleep, when you get up, you're continually coaching them. Here's some tips from a coach really quickly. Steve Farrar in his book Anchorman gave these tips for guys, for fathers. Here we go. Number one, coach them how to pray. You know how you do that? Pray with them. Let them see you praying. Coach them that the most important book in the world is the Bible and read it every day. Coach them how to buy a car. Take them with you. Coach your sons that men protect women. Coach them about money. 10% to God, 10% to saving. Pay your taxes. Live off the rest. Coach them never to make a major, a major purchase without thinking about it for at least 24 hours. Coach them how to handle pornography beforehand. Uh, this is getting more and more important, folks. I read this past week a stat, in, a Canadian stat, that they're finding 90-some percent of our children at the age of 10 have already been exposed to pornography. That's because they're finding it on the computer. That means before their age of 10, we've got to be teaching them about this, coaching them on how to handle it, because it is a, it is a, uh, a jungle out there. We better help them go through that. Uh, Coach your daughters that there are two kinds of beauty, outside and inside, and inside is more important to you and to God. Amen? Little girls and daughters 
when they're grown up as well, need to know daddy thinks that they're amazingly beautiful. Coach them to respect authority, parents, teachers, and police officers. Coach them not to cheat on homework or tests. Coach them to do a job right the first time. Coach them to open the door for their mother. Coach them to share their joys, defeats, and hurts with you. You do this by taking time to listen. Coach them not to lie. Coach them that there's some things that are more important than sports, like Sunday worship. Obviously, you're doing that because you're in church this morning. Coach them to change oil in the car. If you're not sure how to figure that out, you have to learn how to do that first. But anyhow, (laughs) Uh, that may not be applicable to you. You get the idea. Coach your son to be a gentleman. Coach your daughter to be a lady. Coach them when you say no, you mean no. Coach them that it's great to kiss your wife. Coach them, you know, that's important. Kids see mom and dad in love. It just gives them security that everything's okay at home. Coach them that your best friend in life will be Jesus. Coach them to stand alone. Sometimes they've got to take a stand. I've been so proud of our children. They've walked out of a movie or walked out of a situation because they said, I'm not going to go there. Uh, Coach them that it's better to be respected than to be popular. Coach them that good daddies hug and kiss. Yeah, a daddy's hug will go a long way. Because if you don't hug your daughter, guys, I'm uncomfortable hugging my daughter. Well, I have a question for you. Either you hug your daughter or she'll have that need for a hug replaced by some other guy. And when he hugs her, he's got a different thought in mind. He'll hug her full on with a long embrace with different thoughts. Is that practical enough this morning? So if we don't hug them, they'll find somebody else to hug them. Hugs and kisses are important. Uh, Coach your daughters what to look for in a husband. Coach your sons what to look for in a wife. Coach your daughter that both God and you think she's very, very valuable and she won't act cheap. Coach your son to keep his hands off his date. Coach your children to love people, use things instead of the other way around. Coach them to measure twice, cut once. Coach them that daddy will never leave mommy. Coach them that the narrow way is the best way. Coach them that there's nothing they can do that would make you stop loving them. And coach them that there's nothing they could ever do that would make God from stop, make God from stop loving them. So there's some simple practical steps on coaching this, this morning. I brought with me a golf ball, and we're going to get the ushers to come and give you guys a golf ball. So if you're a dad this, this uh, morning here, would you stand up, and, and we're going to pass out to you a golf ball. And so all the dads need to stand and... Uh, Because it's the 100th anniversary of Father's Day, we want to give you a really, really valuable memento, and it's a golf ball. Uh, So, but we're going to make it really special here. So what you're going to be doing is you're going to get a golf ball, and on the golf ball, you're going to be writing down with a Sharpie the name of your children. So on my golf ball, I got Mike and Jan, Matt and Alyssa, Chelsea and Lacey, names of my children and my uh, daughter-in-law, my son-in-law, I have their names written down on the golf ball. And it reminds me that I am going to help them. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to help the, them get to the green. I'm going to help this arrow hit the mark. This is my role, my responsibility. I'm going to use different approaches at different times, help them get over obstacles. But as a dad, I want them to hit a home run. I'm going to get behind them with all I can that their life turns out to be amazing using the gifts and the callings God has. So they'll hand you a golf ball, and then they'll hand you a Sharpie, pass it down to the guy beside you, and write down the name of your children on the golf ball. 
Now, guys, this is not a game ball, okay? We don't want to take and play golf with this. This is, this is your 100th anniversary Father's Day memento. So you can uh, put it on your, on your nightstand. Remember to pray for your children. You can put it in your golf bag when you go play golf. You say, oh, yeah, it's not just about golf. It's about my family. Uh, you can put it maybe somewhere else that reminds you. But we want to pray for our kids, get behind them, help them hit a home run or get on the green, hit the target, with what God's put into their life. So after you get your golf ball, got your kids' names on there, pass that Sharpie on to somebody else, you can be seated. I want to make sure every dad gets a golf ball this morning. This is, mine's called Top Flight Number 4. I don't know what you guys got. You got a Top Flight ball. And so we want to help our children take flight, give them wings, help them hit the target for their life. Amen. Did we miss any dads this morning writing your kids' names on there? 100th anniversary of Father's Day. I went to church. I got a free golf ball. Wrote the name of my children on the golf ball. And it's going to be my goal. I'm going to refresh those goals. I'm going to reboot if I need to. But I'm going to help my children reach the target for the life that God intended them to have. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.